their secret mountain lair somewhere in Colorado, this is the Image Doctors Photography Podcast with your hosts, Jason O'Dell and Rick Walker. Hey everyone, it's time for the Image Doctors Photography Podcast. I'm Jason O'Dell. And I'm Rick Walker. And it's good to be back with all of our listeners again this week. How are you doing, Rick? Good. We were going to, we actually went out and did a little shooting this week, but it didn't turn out to be the thing that we thought we were going to do. No. Quick description, because we actually were planning on talking about our shoot and then that didn't work, but we We were going to do some, we did, but completely different. We were going to do some kind of quirky urban decay stuff down in Pueblo, Colorado because you can find some stuff down there, but we got down there and it was just so darn hot. And of course that's sort of a very widespread problem problem lately, but yeah. we just wimped out and went to the airplane museum and took a few photos of airplanes inside. <laughs> Which is a tricky subject to do. It's not easy. Uh, you know, the lighting is crummy. Um, it's cluttered. There's, you know, bright, you know, halogen vapor lamps and i ended up taking mostly close-ups and yeah me too rivets and, and i, and and I texturize them and, and, and i, I enhance them the muse the airplane museum in in uh, pueblo is actually very very nice it's a good one it's not yep. enormous but it's very nice but yeah it's just hard photographically and then the outdoor ones it was so so stark it was just no clouds full sun 90 degrees fahrenheit 90 95 degrees Fahrenheit at least, yeah. so, you know, 32 C, you know, 30 plus centigrade, whatever. Uh, it was hot. So anyway, yeah, I think we were closer to around 38 <laughs> Celsius. I don't yeah, know. It was, it was, it was, it was nasty. It was, it was about a hundred. It was about a hundred. So anyway, but so we're going to change it up this week and um, we're going to talk about something that it's been a while since we've talked about. And that is, printing your photos and uh we're going to take sort of a multi-subject approach to it um starting with are you even printing your photos (laughs) because it's just things have changed a lot things have changed a lot since you know it used to be prints were the only way to get photos i mean you had Mm -hmm. to with film that was that was it i mean i don't remember anybody you know, fondly admiring negatives. You know, it was not well, slide. I mean, slides look and slide projectors. Yeah, those, but, those were nice. But but for the most part, you know, you were talking about getting prints and doing something with them, and occasionally you might make an enlargement. And then we had the proliferation. And then it never the, turned out good unless you did it yourself. Yeah, that was my experience. And then there was this huge proliferation of scanners in the in the late '90s. Scanners started coming down in price, and then film scanners and and a mm-hmm. bunch of things like that, and being able to put your digital, your your film images into the computer and digitize them, and and then of course digital. So it's very interesting, though, because I know a lot of my clients um, and people I talk with, a lot of people just aren't printing much these days, right? Um, and I think that that's true even with me. I mean, I'm not printing as much either. And in fact, I don't. I got rid of my gigantic inkjet printer earlier this year it was just taking up too much space and for the amount of overhead it 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 involved you know a set of ink cartridges for that sucker was 
you know, six or seven hundred dollars. <laughs> you know, it was not. Yeah. I mean, they lasted a long time, but I mean, the the, the economy was there if you used it a lot. Um, but uh, and you know, and another thing I noticed is that it's that you can't even buy a small format photo printer anymore. Um, if you look, all the smaller format printers tend to be these all-in-one scanner, copier, printer. Um, you know, they're not the photo inks. If you want a photo ink printer now, you're talking about something in that medium, uh, large paper path um, size, you know, so you're, you're talking a, a more expensive printer. Um, yeah. I mean, you're I still, still printing at home, right? Well, not really. Yeah. Um, I mean, you still have your printer. <laughs> I still have my printer. It's a medium-sized Epson. I think it'll do like a 17 by 22 inch print. It's pretty, yeah, so big. pretty big, um, but it's not like the, the ginormous one that you used to have. Mm -hmm. But with my desktop computer um, dot having died, and I mean, I've replaced it, um, but I was unable to print to it for more than a year. And so I was just doing online printing and I still haven't hooked it up to the new computer because mm -hmm. I guess I haven't decided if I really want to do that because online printing like we'll talk about in a few minutes has gotten so easy and so reliable that, Oh man. Right. It's, it's hard not to do that in my so, opinion. So before we go into that, mm -hmm. how about if we just chat a, a little bit about, you know, what's the value in, in printing at all, even mm -hmm. these days. I mean, cause so much stuff just goes straight to, you know, social media, it goes on Instagram or, or whatever, mm -hmm. why should you even print? And I, I still think there's a lot of value in printing. I just don't do it as often as I used to do. Um, yeah. I, I used to get a lot of joy from just the process of being able to tinker with my print. I also drove myself insane trying to color <laughs> profile, you know, and just, you, 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 you can go nuts and then cleaning print heads and, you know, right. I mean, it's, it can yeah. be, a, it can be a real mess. So I don't mind not having the printer um, in, in my office anymore, but I still like having prints. And I think that's, that's the important thing. Um, I like having prints too. And I, well, I, I probably haven't been printing quite as much as I did, let's say 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still printing, you know, like a lot of the things that we've shot together over the last year or so I've absolutely printed like stuff from when we did the Oregon workshop mm -hmm. or encrusted butte and things like that. I've, printed stuff from those and, and, you know, other things. It's just, the thing I like about printing is, is it is a very different experience than, than looking at your images online or even on, you know, a fairly nice monitor. It's just, it's just different and I like it. And um, it's hard to explain, but, you know, it's tactile, it's tangible, it's physical and, media. I mean, it's, yeah, it's something you, you can, physically hold in your hand. You could tack it up on your cubicle or your wall or you yeah. know, in your house. And I, and I think that's important. Um, you know, and when we were talking about printing, neither one of us were doing four by six prints. No, you know, this Not wasn't normally, I mean, I've done those, but that's for a that's very a specific specialized thing. thing. Yeah. But, but I mean, I think having prints or printed images is, you know, they're, they're more permanent. They're more lasting. It just seems you know, it's more special to me uh, to have a, a good print of, of something. So when I, print, I love printing, you know, certainly large things. I mean, I liked printing 12 by 18, you know, 
super B size kind of mm-hmm. uh, paper, you know, 13 by 19 paper, those, you know, have, a, they're not huge, but they have a lot more punch than, than what you would expect. It's a nice um, size. Yeah. And, and I have a lot of those hanging in my home um, as well as things that I did, you know, 24 by uh, 16 by 24 was a really nice size by the time you framed it and, and things like that. That was a pretty, pretty good size. But, um, you know, one thing I will say though, just a quick comment. Mm-hmm. If someone is not printing and they're just putting stuff out to social media, even if you're doing a lot of cropping, like for bird photos and stuff like that, you truly do not need a high resolution camera. If that if that's you, I would think strongly about not going over, let's say, 24 megapixels. You're you're just paying money um, for pixels that you'll never need. The real reason to have a high resolution camera ultimately is to print. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yeah, and to. Or, or to crop and still be able to print large, but you print it, right? But I, but I print it. Printing yeah, was involved no, in both those cases. No, no doubt. It's it's a it is a it's a logical end product of the workflow in traditional mm-hmm. f- photography, you know, uh, approaches. So yeah, I I think that's that's very true. I mean, anything anything up to twenty four megapixels is great mm-hmm. uh, for even for you know modest size prints, even large fairly large prints because we've both yeah. printed from 12 megapixel cameras and and Certainly. even even lower than that and looked good yeah. so you know pixel quality uh, makes makes a difference um you know and, and you know like we've talked about in the past the up resing tools now are pretty good too so there's there's workarounds there but you know with with the advent of online printing services and they've been around for a while now so it's mm-hmm. industry is really matured there's a lot of choices it's pretty cost effective and one of the things i like about it and we both like about it is that you have a lot of choices of the media itself the print you know the the substrate if you will mm-hmm. you know traditionally at home i was printing luster paper that's what mm-hmm. i printed at home and probably what you printed at home right Yes. Mostly. Did it go with matte? You could, but it involved ink change. There was it, I didn't do it often. It, it get it got messy. Um, so with online printing services, no matter who you use, most of them will let you do um luster paper, some will do glossy, but then they will offer canvas prints, they will offer sometimes metal or even acrylic prints. Um and then other things too, like photo books or maybe calendars or, or, and there's lots of little ways you can get your photos into things. I used to make calendars every year when my son was, was little mm-hmm. and that was a gift every year. And I did them just through Apple or what, you know, through photo, iPhoto or whatever, but. And, and I think a lot of people don't think about the idea of giving out prints or books mm-hmm or you know whatever like you were talking about as gifts to other people right i mean it can get pricey but it it's can a it, but but they're nice and these calendars were cool they came mm-hmm. out really really well um and it was and they're kind of like a souvenir i mean i it's instead of a photo album i have an old calendar full of you know my son mm-hmm. pictures from that from the sure. from that year or the previous year i should say you know generally um so th- there's lots of uses for print prints besides going on, on your wall um i like canvas prints and um, the metal prints 
because I don't have to worry about framing them. They can just go right up on the wall really easily. Yeah. And, and if you get one of those floating frame, like they have where it's a cleat, you know, and, and the, like for the metal prints, they just, they're, they hang about an inch off the, off of the wall itself. They're kind of floating on your wall. It doesn't have any visible hardware. It's kind of cool. Yeah. One of the things I have not done is uh, metal prints, but I've seen enough of them to know that they can be really, really nice for certain images in particular, ones where you've got pretty good color saturation and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. The metal prints just really bring that out. They can and really pop. Exactly. Exactly. So, so, you know, there's a tremendous number of print services online. Um, and, you know, and most of them are, are, are pretty good. Uh, in fact, I actually just half the time I use Costco. They're really not bad at all. They send their stuff to Fuji. And mm -hmm. So it comes back from Fuji. And, and I get I, I did some tests side by side and compared to what was coming out of my big Epson 7000 series printer. And frankly, there was no difference in quality. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I tend to use a company called Impix, M-P-I-X. Yeah, they're good. And I've used them for a long time. They're very good. Um, one of the things I like is, in addition to all the options that you mentioned, because they certainly have those, you can also choose to have your print matted, framed, choice of glass, all that stuff. And then it just gets shipped to you, really big box, mm -hmm. packed really well um, with the completely finished um, print and everything, even including the hardware to hang it yeah. is already yeah. attached. So That's it's great. great. And then, you know, just to be clear, neither of us has any financial relationship with Impex or right. Costco. And Bay Those Photo are just is we, one. That's good. Yeah, a bunch now, of one them. I want to, I do want to mention one. One mm -hmm. of the reasons when you are shopping around for an online, for a, for a printer, um, mm -hmm. you know, someone to do a print service, um, see what sizes they offer. Because sometimes they don't, in their enlargements, they don't always offer three, three by two ratio sizes they'll have more of the traditional sizes the 11 by 14s the 8 by 10s mm -hmm. and and we'll talk a little bit about some workarounds for that um in the technical section but Which you may or may not need depending on your camera right it i mean depends on the format depends on the format but you might yeah. find yourself having to crop things so mm -hmm. so with the more higher end services typically you can get any size there is one service out there that is unique and i want to bring these guys up because um, okay. I've, I've done some stuff with them in the past a long 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 time ago and that is a place um called digital silver imaging out of massachusetts and they're online digital silver imaging i think they, i've heard of them they if you shoot they will do color, but they will do black and white, and they will do traditional silver gelatin printing of your right. digital black and white file. They actually rasterize the, the, the photo paper, and they use wet darkroom process to give you back a no-kidding um, silver gelatin print, a traditional black and white print. And and that's a neat thing, and they do a great job. I'm just going to say so that. When you, so when you did that, you perceived... A difference in quality sounds like it, it or was, was it just novel it's it's novel but here's the deal with those you don't ever have to worry about color casts for a black and white print black mm -hmm. and white printing from an inkjet printer can sometimes be messy you know sure. there's printers that have a lot of different grayscale inks and those are better um, but when you start trying to generate black and white using cmyk ink there's almost always some kind of color cast. It might be greenish. It might be, it's, it's very hard like to more, That sounds more like a low end 
home printer. Uh, no, this was even with my big Epson printer. It was noticeable. no, no. I mean, well, that's surprising. But well, no, no. When I I'm talking about printing it using the color inks versus just using the monochrome ink. If you just use oh. the black inks, then yeah, no issue. Yeah, that's that's but, what I did. You could get better tone yeah. ramping if you had more of those. So so yeah. for for those, and you know, and, th- and then of course they have a really good longevity, being you know. Mm-hmm you know, traditional prints, but they do come out very nice. It's, it's, yeah. it's a cool thing. So if you have a hankering for that and, and they're not terribly priced either, it just depends on the size of the, the print you mm-hmm. upload your file, you know, but all of these, you're going to upload your file. So let's talk about some, um, some, uh, technical stuff w- with regards to, to printing, whether it's at home or through a service. Mm-hmm. Um, now we both typically are using Lightroom and, yeah. and, and so, and with Lightroom and most most software, you can you can print directly to uh, a printer, or you could export a file. Um, and what I like to do when I'm printing for a service um, is to you know I adjust my colors and you know you can do soft proofing mm-hmm. and all these things. I won't get too hardcore into it. I don't worry too much about it. I I export my images in sRGB color space, and then I'm usually pretty safe when I when I do that. Most online services these days want it in sRGB. Yeah, so that's just easy. It's fine. Um, but but one of the things I like about Lightroom is is instead of using the traditional export an image as a JPEG or you know whatever, mm-hmm. is to use the print module to do that um, and create the JPEG instead of printing to to printer, you print to file. And what I like about it is you can get the output sharpening options. You can do the 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 color profiling the same but you can also determine what size it's going to be in terms of inches and then you can also do things like um leave borders or put a border you know black border a line a or stroke something. border yeah, yeah a, a traditional stroke border um and and i find that 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 works pretty well and i just use the standard output sharpening normal for glossy paper typically and that seems to work um, that's, that's what i do as well you know, we talked about luster paper. You use the same setting that you would for glossy. Yeah. And that's fine. Um, and then if you're doing something that's going to canvas, use a matte print setting. Mm-hmm. But that works just fine. And similar to you, the standard has been good. It doesn't seem to over sharpen, but mm-hmm. stuff looks sharp and clear. Right. Um, so and, it, it works well. But yeah. I use that same print module with Lightroom. Now, one thing that we all kind of get a little bit edgy about is, is the print server going to dork up my colors, you know, or is it, is it going right. to come back wrong? And most online services have a box. You can say that don't do any, adjust, do not auto adjust my images. I, I will take it as is because I have tweaked it um, to, to look fine. And I think one that usually works. And I think one and that's thing that's what I do as well. Mm-hmm, um, because I think if you try to obsess about things that absolutely match your monitor, you're going to drive yourself crazy. Um, so what I have found is like when I get a print back from a print service, does it match my monitor perfectly? No. Is it maybe a little bit slightly, you know, is there a teeny cast in there? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe too bad. You know, n- nothing awful. I'm not talking about like your picture comes back looking green or something like that. Right. But, but maybe there's a little cast. Do I care? No, and this is where you have to learn not to not to worry too hard. Because if you're if you're just going to put these on your wall, it's in a vacuum. <laughs> you know, it's not you're not going to be comparing it with anything to say. Gosh, the red was just a little bit off here <laughs> on this one. You yeah. Know? Now, 
when I print um, the way that we were just talking, I actually do some adjustments to the image just to get it a little bit closer to make mm-hmm. sure I don't lose too much punch, but it takes me all of 30 seconds. It's just yeah, a slight, yeah. a very slight curve. It's sort of like an S curve, a very gentle one. And then I'll, I'll add a little bit more vibrance or a little bit more saturation. There Not a lot, just a little. And which one I pick depends on the mm-hmm. colors in the image and stuff. And that's it. It takes 30 seconds and then it's a little bit closer. Um, so it's so easy. I, I go ahead and do it. Makes yeah. me feel good. Yeah. And, and it's fine. You just make them a little bit punchier, you know? Mm-hmm. And, the, and the good news is, is if you do one, uh, you know, through one of these, usually you're not, you're not going to be spending, you know, hundreds of dollars on this. They're cheap enough that you could do another one if you needed yeah. to, to tweak it. Um, yeah. But it was funny. I sent a, I sent a, a client of mine, he to order some, some photos. And I said, he, he printed them on his own. He wasn't really happy. And I said, well, let me just send you, I'll just send you some. And I did the batch of them at Costco. And it you know, cost me like all of, you know, $10 or something mm-hmm. like that. He actually liked them better than the ones he had done, you know. So, so it just tells you that a lot of these places are really getting good at it. Um, if if you send yeah. them a decent quality um, starting point and tell them not to mess with the the color balance, you know, no auto levels or anything like that. The one other, this is just a little tip, but especially if this is an image that you potentially might print again later six months later, something mm-hmm. like that. Just, I would just go ahead and upload the full-sized image. Oh, to the service. To the service. Yeah, and they store it, right? They store it. Right. And then if you don't need an image that requires the full size, you can always take it down or whatever. But I, I would say just do that. It's, it's not hard. Right. It doesn't take a whole lot longer to upload or anything right now i want to loop back to a little tip we were talking about about the some some challenges with um aspect ratios right so mm-hmm. four by five three by sure. three, you know whatever um because if you go now if you go and get things custom framed it doesn't matter you can get you can help you can any have size. whatever you want you can have have anything but it but it adds up and it gets expensive so maybe mm-hmm. you're doing something as a gift for someone and you just want them to have the print that they can put in whatever frame they want at home without without breaking their bank so they're going to go down to the you know wherever and the craft store maybe and buy buy a frame well unfortunately it's often difficult to find pre-made frames that are in the um three by two aspect ratio they mm-hmm. just they just aren't um so if you've printed out uh you know it's not going to be um uh an eight by ten you know it might be an eight by twelve or or whatever you know um mm-hmm. you know it's 11 by 17 rather than 11 by 14 so what do you do to get around this and this is where i i use i think we've both have done this but in the lightroom uh print module okay mm-hmm. you set the you set the paper size to be let's say 11 by 14 it's a traditional size right and then you scale your image to fit in it so it has a white border around it mm-hmm. and then when you print the jpeg you have the, the jpeg includes this white border and again if you've told them not to mess with anything it should come back out with the white border you tell them not to resize the photo and right. i did this and i sent it to walgreens okay came back great no problem mm-hmm. at all 
yeah. and it comes back. So then what comes back is a traditional, you know, the, the paper itself is a traditional fits in any frame, whether there's matting or not. And, and it makes, makes life really easy. You could just get any old frame and put the photo in and it looks like it's got a border around it already. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get fancy and use Photoshop, I know people have done like, you know, fake mats in Photoshop, but that's, you know, more, more than I usually ever worry about. Um, any, anything that you have on a, on a tip for other printing things? I mean, um, just related to that. Um, it's really the same general thing, but you can also get a custom mat then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you don't necessarily have to have a custom frame. The frame could be a standard size, but the mat could be custom made. And those are usually pretty cheap. So that's mm-hmm. just another option. If you do want a mat surrounding the image and not just the white paper, because mm-hmm. yeah. it can but look I, nice. I would just say, you know, take a flyer on some of these online things, get something done. That's a print, you know, hang it in your house or whatever, or do a little book or, you know, do uh, something because it just sometimes it's a nice thing to look up on your wall and see one of your photos. It's just, yeah, a good... and, and then also if you've got, you know, one of the newer cameras, like a 45 or 50 megapixel camera or something in that range, and you've never printed big, try it, you know, don't, don't have it mounted or anything, you know, it'll just come back in a rolled up tube or something like that. But boy, it's, it, it can be, a big impact to see, you know, just a sharp, detailed image with nice colors and mm-hmm. everything that you care about. It's, I would a- absolutely recommend it. So my bottom line is if you haven't been printing or really have never done it, please consider doing it because it really is just a whole other side of photography that is kind of wonderful. Yeah, I agree. Um, so you know, it's one of those things that just feels like it's fallen by the wayside, but it's, you can, it's so much more accessible now. We might as well do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and it won't break your bank. So it's good. Now we do have a little uh, changing gears before we sign off for today. We have a camera, uh, a, a tip uh, mm-hmm. this week that, that you kind of came, we've both kind of come across this, but we never really put it, kind of put it together. And and why don't you tell us, Rick, what, what the tip is this week? Well, it, it's just sort of a reminder that if you haven't saved your camera settings um, out to a file somewhere, it might not be a bad idea to do that. And as cameras have gotten more and more complex, especially with the subject recognition features where you may have multiple custom banks or settings set up with different parameters for each one of them, recreating all of that stuff is is kind of a nightmare. Mm And so I would just strongly recommend, you know, save them out. Different cameras have different options. Sometimes it's saving them out to a card, which you can then copy over here to computer Mm -hmm. and put it in a folder that uh, makes sense to you. Some cases it, it's a program with a, like a USB cable that on your computer that you hook up to your camera and you can save out the, settings onto your your computer there are even instances now um, where you can do that on your um, phone using the cameras app and save them all out but gosh if you have to restore all those things right there's a it is just wonderful to be able to do it immediately as opposed to spending an hour trying to recreate everything you did 
So, so a couple scenarios that come, come to mind, you know, one mm -hmm. is, um, let's say you have to send in your camera for service. Sometimes they'll wipe the camera clean, right? And it'll come back without any settings. So you can That's just very restore, common. You can restore your settings. But an another time where it's nice to have your settings is, um, saved. It's like, um, uh, um, a situation where, uh, I save my settings from a camera that I sold, but now let's say I go and rent one of those. Cause I want to rent. I've got my settings. I can install Just my hypo hypothetical I, right. scenario. It's a hypothetical. It could, it <laughs> Not could happen. real at all for you. No, but but I know by having those settings saved, if I ever got my hands on another camera like that, I could just instantly put my yeah. my settings back on. Now the, the the sad part is that most of the time the settings are camera specific, so you can't you know trade. But so like you know, for example, I can't load Z6 settings onto a Z62 or Z7 no, settings onto a Z6. I think that. It's, I don't know of any instance where you can cross different camera models. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a thing, but it's a good idea to have, or just if something gets completely lost and you just want to get back to what you had from the beginning and have your baseline again, just have your settings. So it's, it's a good thing. The other thing is, and, and this varies between camera companies and cameras and even the firmware update, but there are instances where a firmware update that goes perfectly, no problems, will zero out your settings. It's not very common anymore, but it does still happen on occasion. Mm -hmm. So it's another reason to save them out. Yep. Okay. You don't want, want to be surprised by that. No, it's just a good, it's a good thing of backup. So like I have mine and mine are saved onto my cloud storage drive. Mm -hmm. So if I'm traveling, I could always just grab my settings back and put them back on my camera. Yeah. Nice thing to have. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. So thanks again for joining us. And until next time, happy shooting. All right. Bye bye.